This is Couch and Coffee Table. I am your fellow couch surfer and head lounger, Michael Perry. Happy October, everybody, and welcome to October Nights 2023. We're glad you could be here. For this week, it's a return to Power Records for what is known as the Monster Series that they put out. Our first one up is a story about the Marvel character, the Man-Thing. The Man-Thing is Dr. Theodore Ted Sullis, and he's had his series, he's had a series a couple of different times and been in numerous crossovers throughout Marvel. Uh, he got his own film in 2005 and in 2022, he was simply Ted in the Disney Plus film, Werewolf by Night. So, here's Ted, a.k.a. the Man-Thing, in his own adventure called Night of the Laughing Dead, and it was released on Power Records in May of 1974. Power Records presents Man-Thing in Night of the Laughing Dead. A swamp, a bubbling bed of life of which you are a part. Once you were a man, a chemist named Ted Salas, but the serum that was to have made you a super soldier combined with strange forces in the swamp to make you over into the Man-Thing. But your former existence seems a far-off dream to you, doesn't it? Less than a dream, in fact. No longer able to reason, you now function on emotion, those few which you still feel. You can feel what others feel. You can understand those feelings. But emotions are often as ambiguous as words, and sometimes they are even more so. Consider this weeping clown, for example. What does he feel now as he raises a gun to his temple, as the tears roll down his grease-painted cheeks? You may never know, for across the marshland comes a single, devastatingly final shot. That prods you into action. You attempt to hurry to the source of the evil sound. But no matter, you are too late. It was too late before you began. And all you can do is stare through hazy, crimson eyes at the little clown's corpse and reflect on the buried fragments of memories brought to the surface by the ugly sight. You remember how the man you were fought to protect his scientific discovery. You remember more, the blinding moments of escape, the knowledge that he had to destroy the vial, and perhaps, at the same time, destroy himself. And so, Ted Salas did what had to be done. Memory. You recall the transformation, the mingling of the chemical with the swamp waters around him, the stark shock to his metabolism, and the bitter ending of his sanity. Slowly, mercifully, the memories end, and the man who was once Ted Salas, whose body has become that of a swamp-roaming creature, forgets again what once he knew. It's better that way. It's better. As those thoughts fade, your gaze falls upon something at the dead man's foot. But you wonder, could these little scrawls on this thin white leaf explain why the man took his own life? But wait, another flash of recollection from your former life. Foo? Few? 
funeral. Humans bury their dead, so this one must be laid to rest. And so you take the body deep into the marsh, while events take shape miles away that will transform this already somber evening into something more terrifying by far. The only rooms left are my deluxe. Come on, Richard, we'll find another... Uh-uh, lady, not tonight. I'm exhausted. I'll just bet. That'll be $22.40, including tax. These two young people are Richard Rory and Ruth Hart. Two old friends of yours, man-thing. Well, that was a hassle, wasn't it? I'll say. I'll bet he's a reform school reject. But, you know, I haven't got the energy to argue with him. Not now. Maybe we can go to the carnival tomorrow. Carnival? Sure. See the trucks over there? They must be playing a town around here. Boss, Mr. Garvey, Daryl's gone. Run away. We've got to go after him. We can't lose the show's only clown. And besides, he was terribly upset tonight. I'm afraid of what he might do. Please, Mr. Garvey, if he does something rash, you'll be out. I'll be the boss of this three-ring loony farm, just like before, you hear? And if you don't like it, you can scram. Holy cow, Ruth. Did you see that? Richard, wait. You don't know... Them's your options, Taylor. Either you... Huh? Hold it right there, buster. Oh, run along, Sonny. You heard the man, Twip. Scram. See? He's the boss. He's my boss. And I don't like nobody messing with my boss. Oh, boy. No, sir, I don't like it at all. Now I'd advise you to blow while you still got legs to walk on. It ain't wise to get Trag mad at you twice. Trag? The world's strongest man? Gosh, that's who hit me. Whoever you are, you've got to get out of here. She's right, Richard. Please, take me with you. Hey, boss. Ayla's leaving, too. Step on it, lover. Trag doesn't look happy about this. In fact, I think he and the boss plan to follow us. I don't care about them. I just want to find Daryl. My... Poor clown. First, we find another motel. I've got to get to sleep. We can go Clarabelle hunting tomorrow, Miss... You haven't told us your name, Miss, or why you're looking for a clown. I'm sorry, it's Ayla Prentice. I'm a high-wire artist with the carnival, and I'm trying to keep my clown from destroying himself. You see, I love Daryl, but I betrayed him. He stopped laughing, stopped living, just wanted to die. Stop! Pull over there! That's his car! Sure, okay. There he is, and thank the Lord he's alive! Daryl, I'm here! Daryl! Daryl, what's wrong? Can't you see me? It's Ayla! Why, why doesn't he answer? He acts as if he doesn't know who I am. Maybe his mind is just totally snapped. That's so. It's my fault. Whoa! Where do you think you're going? It's dangerous out there. Let go of me. I have to go after him. It's my fault. He's like this. Richard, look at this. I think it's a suicide note. Ayla's not exaggerating. The little guy is in a bad way. To say the least. Okay, then. We go. But slowly, carefully. Remember, the next log you step on could have teeth. But as the three young people forge cautiously into the tepid waters of your home, two somewhat more sinister figures race along the Swampside Highway in pursuit. Sure, I'm sure they took this road. I think. You think? Ha! You don't know how, Trag. Oh, boss, I try. Hey, boss, look at up the road there. It's the clown dancing in some kind of spotlight. Only, where's the light coming from? He don't even look real. Boss, I'm scared. Slow down, you fool. You'll hit him. We don't want to kill him outright. 
Swerve, you idiot! Swerve! I'm swerving! But we're gonna hit that tree! The truck's gas tank explodes on impact, and the vehicle becomes a Nova Bright Inferno, and the little clown stands watching gleefully. Good evening, Drag. How are you? I am fine. Where is Garvey? <laughs> Why, you little punk, when I get out from under this... You'll kill me. <laughs> Make me die. <laughs> Where's Garvey? <laughs> you blasted right, I'll kill you. I'm mad now. Oh, my. <laughs> He's mad. <laughs> but he'll still have to catch me. <laughs> and he can't. Because <laughs> he's too big and slow and <laughs> stupid. Maybe. But at least I ain't no walking joke. And not too far away. Poison. It sounded like trash. Didn't hear anything. Are you sure? No. It's hard to be sure of anything in here. I didn't realize it would be this dark. There are so many little sounds, so many shadows. It's... Oh! That's no shadow, it's some kind of... Yeah. Oh, whoa! Oh! It's to something. Or someone. It's got down. Holy cow! It's the man thing. Take it easy, Alien. I know this is hard to believe, but that creature won't harm us or death. If that is the clown he's holding, he may be protecting you. Even so, you better not start him. Right. We'll move closer. Slowly. And so, not suspecting that the man they seek to save is already dead, they inch their way through the dense swamp growth toward the spot where you stand. The hunk of earth you've chosen for the man's final resting place. And when they push aside the last clump of green, when they see the clown's limp body and the heavy branch in your mottled hand, Ava draws the logical but wrong conclusion and panics. Heedless of the seeming danger you present, she rushes to the side of her fallen friend. Daryl, wake up! It's, it's Ayla! Daryl! Oh, no! He's dead! Dead! You can feel this woman's deep sorrow. Your own head bows. But then, another powerful emotional force makes you whirl, startled. How, how could you? I'd almost come to think of you as human. But now... Get out! Get out of here, Ralph! Anger, aimed directly at you, emanating from the man you assume to be your friend. Why? What did you do? Why does he loathe you so? You cannot reason. And even if you could, you lack the vocal mechanism with which you might explain to them their error. So you merely skulk away. Once you have gone, tears flow copiously. I didn't believe the man-thing was capable of this. In fact, it still strikes me as odd that I could face him down so easily. Unless... I never told him how I felt. I'm so ashamed. Oh, wow. How could I have been so blind? Ayla, look. He's been shot. The monster didn't kill him. But that's impossible. We didn't hear any gun go off. And we just saw Daryl alive a few minutes ago. Didn't we? You know, I'm beginning to wonder about that. So am I. We all saw something back there. But what? A ghost, maybe. Come on, Ruth. Under the circumstances, isn't that a little bit morbid? Nice try, Twerp. Play acting that clown's dead to protect him from me. Trag! Come on, clownsy. Stand up and get beat to death like a man, you hear? Stop it, Trag! You can't kill a corpse. Trag, I said stop it! You said? Why should the world's strongest man care what you said? Perhaps you are the reason Trag should care. 
For despite your puzzlement at his earlier outburst, you still know Rory as a good man. Wolf's no luck in the gorilla suit. And Treg's assault upon him enrages you. Whoever he is, he ain't on my side. So he must be on yours. So? He's a blasted living slime. But if he figures that's gonna stop me, this is a challenge for me. I know I can take any man. But a monster, that's something new. I sliced right through him. He has torn from you some small bits of your being, yet still you stand, to all appearances, unharmed. I tore into you, ripped you apart, and you didn't even feel it. You are waiting for one reaction, fear. For if this man, or any man, fears you, your very touch can burn his flesh to ashes. But Trag is not afraid, only amazed. He attacks again. But this time, it is your strength which prevails. And in the absence of fear, you resort to other, even more brutal means to destroy your foe. But the memories return once more. The visions of needless, wanton slaughter. And though your instincts advise you otherwise, you allow him to live. And as you make that choice, the most bizarre event of this night occurs. Holy leaping! Wh what is it? What's happening to him? Or is it happening to us? Are we all losing our minds? The warm night air has suddenly turned chill. As you stare along with the humans at the skeletal specter that has risen from Daryl's lifeless shell. What are you? What do you want? Why, I want to make you laugh. I want smiles and guffaws and grins and good cheer. And most of all, peace. What does any clown want but to make people happy? But I could not go on making others laugh when all I felt inside was pain, when the love I gave was not returned. But now, my soul is free. I shall feel mortal pain no more. And so I can laugh, laugh forever. <laughs> you look and listen to the specter of a clown before you. And all that you know, Man-Thing, is that never has laughter made you feel so sad. Our second story is simply called A Story of Dracula, the Wolfman, and Frankenstein. This was released in 1975 by Power Records and subsequently later by Peter Pan Records. You're listening to Couch and Coffee Table. those trees yonder. Hurry, darling. Just a few paces more. Hurry! After the 
five seconds. That's it, darling. Climb up as high as you can. I have a handhold, Vincent. Now, you come up. His companion is not yet safe. All caution is thrown aside as he reaches for a stump branch and prepares to defend his Hold! And like a blanket, calm enfolds the once enraged dogs, and they trot off, docile and tame as household pets, to the feet of their master. Please, gentlefolk, do not be afraid. The dogs will do you no harm. I am to blame entirely for this terrible incident. It was senseless of me to continue hunting after the sun had gone down. Forgive me. And please allow me to make this up to you in some way. The stranger's voice is openly friendly, but not till Erica is safely on the ground does the man Vincent reply. You are a gentleman, sir. But you may wish you had not so quickly called off your dogs when you learn who I am. Then please tell me. I can stand the suspense no longer. My name is Vincent. I am the nephew, the very proud nephew of Baron von Frankenstein. <laughs> This is my fiancée, Erica. In that case, you are the new Baron von Frankenstein, now that your uncle is dead, which entitles you to the simple hospitality of my home for as long as you may desire it. Please accompany me, you must. If you insist. You are very kind, and we are exhausted. With his fiancée safely mounted on the horse of their new friend, the tension of the previous few days falls away, and soon the party comes in sight of a magnificent castle. My hope, young Baron von Frankenstein, and yours, for as long as you would like to stay. You are too kind, sir. I fear you may not know of the events surrounding my uncle's death. I feel honor-bound to tell you of them before we cross the threshold of your home. I know the events, Baron. His experiments, the monster he created, the destruction the monster caused, and finally the enraged villagers who murdered... caused the death of your uncle... But you, you are merely his nephew. I merely, but a Frankenstein, nevertheless, and tainted. The villagers were not satisfied to murder my uncle. They came to my home at the dinner hour. They howled in rage as they burned my home to the ground. And in greater rage as Erica and I escaped in the confusion. We had been pursued, hounded from that moment. Ah, here we are. My home, Hilda. It's beautiful. I'm glad you are pleased, mademoiselle. This ordeal must have been terrifying for you. You must think a great deal of our young baron. I love him, sir. And if needs be, I will die beside him. If we can just keep them from finding our... Oh, Vincent. What Erica is most worried about is that... If it is discovered that I actually assisted my uncle at times and know all the secrets which supposedly died with him, our pursuers will double in number and surely destroy us. Please, Baron. Enough of this depressing talk. You shall both be. And after a comfortable dinner, we shall sip wine before my great fireplace and all this will seem as though it happened in another world. Soon the new Baron Frankenstein calmly bathes. A calm which is broken by... Erica! Quickly, Vincent pulls on his pants and runs from the room. Erica! Erica, where are you? Erica! You need go no further, Baron. What you seek is through this door. Erica, is she in there? I thought I heard her scream. Was it Erica? His newfound friend stands in mute silence. Finally, Vincent brushes roughly past him and into the indicated room. 
What is this? It seems... Like a blast of cold air, the full impact of the room strikes Vincent Frankenstein. The room, except for minor differences, is the duplicate of his uncle's laboratory. The room in which his uncle created what became known as Frankenstein's monster. Explain this. No. First tell me where Erica is. Calm down, my good Baron. This laboratory represents my failure at the same experiment your uncle succeeded at. The same experiments you will succeed at if you ever expect to see your beloved again, alive. In a blind rage, Vincent rushes past his betrayer. Look for her if you will, fool! This castle has hundreds of rooms, dozens of tunnels, and miles of labyrinthian dungeons and torture chambers. She would starve before you could find her. That is, if I put her in an obvious place, and not behind some secret panel somewhere. No, Baron Frankenstein, you will not search for your missing Erica. You will build me a man, a slave to my will, and will start now, or your beloved Erica will never see the light of a new day. Uh, uh, all right, I'll do it. To escape the torture of not knowing, Vincent hurls himself into his sleepless world, creating a living man from dead bodies, which his now hated enemy supplies in abundance. No more bodies. I have all the parts I need. Where do you get all these bodies? And in such good condition? In heaven's name, man! I merely want you to be happy. I wouldn't supply you with inferior material. Am I correct in assuming that we are at the final stage? You are correct. But we will never complete that final stage until and unless I see Erica safe and unharmed. If I don't, I'll... Baron, please, please don't get overly dramatic. Mind your dials and gadgets like a good boy. And if you look to my left, you'll see your fiancé safe. Oh, Vincent! Enough! My, um, assistants will guard your Erica as you work, Baron. Do not make any false moves. Or they will kill her. Make no mistake about that. I am too resolved to be stopped by false heroics. Move! With practiced fingers, young Baron Frankenstein manipulates his panel and finally throws the switch that controls the raw electricity. As the machine dies down, Vincent cranks the reclining body to an upright position. Is, is he alive? Did it work? He's not moving, not breathing. Give it some time. It could be hours before we know. An eyelid flutters open as the two men talk. Huh? Good Lord. He's alive and enraged. His brain inflamed. The patchwork creature stumbles forward as his creator tries to restrain him. Stop! Sit down! Stop! Stop him, guards! Stop him! Or it'll mean your deaths! The two robed guards release Erica and lurch toward the raging creature. Subdue him, Cretans, before he reaches the door! But brute force cannot stop this monster. He smashes one guard and hurls the other with all his strength into the wall. And now he pauses. No one bars his path but the frail and beautiful Erica. Slowly he raises his eyes to hers and again moves forward. No! Stay away from her! Who can know the thoughts this monster has as he approaches? And now lifts the girl from the cold stone and over his head. No! Who can say if he thinks at all as he steps to the window ledge and hurls the girl to her death? 
and walks away from this now silent room, leaving a man whose mind reels and heart shrivels in his chest. Erica! Erica! She's dead. No, she's moving, I think. Oh, help her, help her. She's alive, but broken. She looks so helpless. Count, this is your doing. Help her, please. I'll do anything to repay you, please. I beg of you. Without a word, the evil host steps up to the window, raises his face to the moon, and parts his lips. First, an answering growl drifts upward. Then a shadow breaks free from the darkness of the forest and trots quickly to the side of the moaning Erica. As it becomes more distinct to Vincent's unbelieving eyes, his worst dreams become reality. It has the form of a wolf, but its gray color, its bearing, implies a more fearsome presence. The presence of a werewolf. It's attacking her, and she's helpless. No! No! Good luck! In his hysterical state, Vincent hardly feels the hand which steals behind his neck and clenches. There is a brief shock as he slips nerveless to the floor, and blackness enfolds him. Back on the ground, Erica has survived the attack of the werewolf, and though unconscious, her breathing is regular. There she is. She seems so still. Don't worry, she's alive. Talk, Bela. Gather her up and bring her along. Yes, Grandmother. Ah, all right. We've got her. She's very beautiful, Grandmother. Yes, now. Hours later, Erica slowly regains consciousness. Come, come, child, wake up. You have slept long enough. There is much to do. Wake up. Oh, where am I? How did I get here? Oh, I've had such nightmares. What is happening to me? You are in a gypsy camp, and I am Maliva, queen of the gypsies. And you... You are here to serve and make your place till the end of your days. What? What are you saying? Oh, Vincent. Vincent, where are you? I need you. This is insane. Please, tell me, this is all a dream. Girl. Girl. Silence. This is no dream, nor will it end. You will stay here and you will work, or you will be beaten till you beg for mercy. Now go and begin your chores, or so help me, the beatings will begin right now. Move along. All through the morning and hot afternoon, Erica toils under the cruel discipline of Bela, Maliva's grandson, as Maliva herself watches with a baleful. That's it. That's it. Make her work for her keep. <laughs> Finally, as the sun goes down, Erica is allowed to rest, chained. Weariness brings its own security, and as she begins to doze off on the ground behind one of the wagons, she fails to hear the clumsy footfalls until... What? Who is it? Who is that? Please. Please, Missy. Please, it's me, Torque. I would not harm you. You are like a flower. I I have brought some broth. I will 
please, if you wish me to. I just thought. Oh, no, Talk. Don't bleed. You're right. I do need some food. Thank you. Your hand. The pentagram! Dropping the broth, Tork spins and rushes away from the helpless female, naked fear etched upon his face. Tork, what is it? Why do you run? The pentagram! The pentagram! And the moon is full tonight! Erica looks at her hand and the symbol of the pentagram which now appears there. Her mind drifts back to a poem she once heard. Even a man who is pure of heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the moon is shining bright. Some say Bela is insane, and the menacing whip he carries adds to this theory. Why would he beat a chained and helpless prisoner? Why does he wait till the night to accomplish his loathsome ends? As he steps into the shadows, he hears a sound which tells him that never again need these questions be asked. The sound of the werewolf. No! No, stay away! Bela turns to run. Ah! His intended victim, Erica, strikes him down with one deadly blow. No more a frail human woman in her stead. A full-grown, enraged werewolf. Almost immediately, Bale's cry brings the gypsies from their wagons. Werewolf! There it is! Everyone, attack! Grab her! Pull her down! You can't fight all of us! Get her! Bring her down! Erica's drives them back to the Suddenly, a new sound attracts everyone's attention. It's... she realizes that these gypsies have battled werewolves before. So she runs. Leaving her pursuers far behind, her flight soon brings her to a somehow familiar castle, a castle whose sight draws her closer and urges her to enter. Easily, her animal form clambers to an upper window that looks into a deserted hallway. She pauses, sniffing the air, then jumps to the floor onto all fours. She scans her surroundings at a glance, then begins padding toward the only light source, which is at the end of the hall. Human voices alert Erica. It's no use. We'll never capture him. Stop whining, you fool. The monster's had a full day to calm down. Help me restrain him, or you will spend yet another day in my dungeon, Baron Frankenstein. 
that hated voice must be stilled forever. Rage controls Erica's canine body as she hurls herself upon the master of this castle. Erica is thrown from him as if she were a puppet. You dare! You dare lay your paws on me! On me! Low beast, you die for this! Die at the hands of the Prince of Darkness! For I am Dracula! Oh, my Lord, what have I done? You, Baron Frankenstein, have done nothing but obey my will and do my bidding as I compelled you to do. The monster stands quietly and listens also. Do you know why you created this monster? This slave for me? Did you for one minute question what I would do with this creature? For this reason, Frankenstein, I am helpless in the daytime, like a sleeping babe. I need a strong, mindless slave to protect my sleep so that I might wake at night and prowl for the blood that sustains me, the blood of innocent victims to quench my undying thirst. As though awakened from a long sleep, the monster's lip curls and he reaches out to grasp the throat of Dracula. <coughs> Lifting the vampire into the air, he effortlessly dashes into the ground. Horror stretches the eyes of Vincent Frankenstein as the vampire, unhurt, rises, revealing an evil grin, and attacks the man-made monster. This man-thing was bands clamped once again on the throat of Dracula. <laughs> Silently, each squeeze probe past neck muscles, sinking wound by spine arteries. This swimming! What? himself and flies upward and toward Vincent, intent on escape. The face of Erica flashes through Vincent's mind. Grim determination sets his jaw as he reaches for an urn of burning embers and hurls it full in the face of Dracula. Screaming in pain, he flies upward, circles, then dives straight into the monster. Tumbling into the laboratory, the two fingers smash into chemicals and they couldn't ignite into a blazing inferno. Fire! Tremendous heat! I'll be burned alive. Maybe it will be just as well. Without Erica, I might as well be dead. No, I can't lose hope. She might still be alive. But as Vincent turns to leave... The werewolf blocking my path. It's confused by the fire. It'll do us both if it doesn't move. No! I must try to reason with it. Wolf, listen to me. That fire will kill us. We must go. I can show you the way. We'll die if we stay here. Rational thought lights the werewolf's eyes. Don't you understand? It's stepping aside. Letting me pass. It does understand. It must hurry before those chemicals explode. Hurry, Wolf, hurry. The flames are spreading. We only have seconds. We made it. No, don't stop. The whole place is about to collapse. There she goes. Rushrooms upward and then go 
is done. And now, Wolf, what of the two of us? Will you try to devour m What? Something's happening. You're changing, transforming, becoming familiar. Oh, Lord. Erica! Erica, my darling! How can this be? No. No, tis enough. You are here. Here. Put on my cloak. Oh, Vincent, it was horrible. Horrible! I can hardly bring myself to think of it. Don't think about it for a while. Just think that we are safe and alive and that the sun is rising on a new day. Our day. But my, this thing that will... You mean your werewolfism. My love, do not fear it. I know a man, a doctor, who has cured this condition. We shall find him, and we shall defeat this thing together. We have come through a night of unending terror, and it has come to an end. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We appreciate you stopping by and listening in with us here on the couch, and we hope you'll continue to come back. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out some of the other episodes we have to offer, as well as new episodes, which are uploaded every Monday and Wednesday. We are listener-supported, as we have always been, by you, the listeners. We thank you all for your support. Coming up on Wednesday, we're going to finish out our uh, Power Records Monster Series. And also as a reminder, uh, after this month, starting in November, we will be going to Fridays only for the rest of this year at least. So we hope you'll tune in on Wednesday for our second half of Power Records The Monster Series. And also next week as we have more surprises in store. But until then, this has been Couch and Coffee Table. Until next time, be good to yourself.